Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a ball blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Well, hello. Welcome back into the Red Shirts <laughs> <laughs> Dynasty what Podcast. Just happened. Oh. My lord, I tried what so hard. What did you hard just do? To be cool, and I couldn't. <laughs> oh my god, I'm looking at two, two of my Idiots? best friends on this screen, oh. one of which is a complete lunatic. That is Matt Okada. And I, so listen, all right, if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, first off, you know you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. To- subscribe immediately so that you never miss anything like this ever again question before you finish this story yes can we get a shirt made that has a youtube logo and says hashtag you're doing it wrong absolutely me okay we'll look into that we'll try to make sure that we don't uh infringe on any copyright True. (laughs) we'll get someone to make up a a, just a a slightly different version of youtube the the play button goes the other way (laughs) yes yeah just at a 45 degree angle yep up into the corner yep but I, so when we do this and we have our intro playing on our YouTube, uh, we do not see each other unless you kind of look down. There's like a little tiny part of the screen that we can see each other's faces, but I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at my phone while the intro was playing and I look up and Okada just has two freaking pencils <laughs> sticking out of his nostrils like a walrus. Um, and that's, that's the show tonight, I guess. Man, I would grade like, was awesome. Okada. I would like to clarify. Well, this is not going to help that. I would like to clarify for the <laughs> listeners that they are not pencils. They are, in fact, magnetic Darth Maul lightsaber chopsticks. Wow. Oh. <laughs> the level of nerd that you just obtained. <laughs> Woo, buddy. I got them as a gift a long time ago, and they're like one of hold my on, favorite possessions. And they were sitting. It's wait, wait! Jumping. I'm gonna make the story worse. They were they were sitting in a bowl right here because I eat flaming hot Cheetos out of a bowl with chopsticks <laughs> while I work. What do you oh, drink? My Lord. water. Oh, it had to be Mountain Dew. Oh, God. No, no, oh, yeah. no. Code Red. Code Red. Trashy, John. Code I'm just red, nerdy. Now, what we need to see is the side of your chairs to see if they're covered in the flaming hot Cheeto dust. No, that's why I use the chopsticks. None get oh. on my fingers. The chopsticks. Yeah, the chopsticks. I. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm just gonna apologize, or, or uh, not apologize. For no, anything. no. Um, welcome into the show. That has to be. Would you guys say probably at least the top two like intro to the show we've ever had? Most nonsense. Yeah, there was one other super nonsense one. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, it was, it was when your your camera looked like a fart. That oh, was yes. And you and I just would not stop yep. dying for about <laughs> seven minutes. Oh, um, my God. Hopefully, wow. I mean, you could turn the podcast wow. off now, listeners, because you already know. You had <laughs> you week. That three minutes right there was just great. So, yes, welcome into the show. In case you're new. I mean, hey, that's a show to start with right there. If you're new to the show, mm. thank you for checking mm-hmm. us out. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, who has the chopsticks in his nose, and John Helmkamp. With you guys today, we're talking Dynasty Rookie Draft Redo. So we're six weeks into the season. Obviously, we're entering week seven. We have a little bit of data. We've got some stats. We've seen some film on these rookies. It is time to go back and rewind a few months and see, will we do anything differently in our rookie drafts? Maybe Jonathan Taylor doesn't go 1.01 anymore. Maybe he does. We'll find out. We're going to redo the the mock draft tonight on the show. And I'm really excited because 
I mean, these rookie values, it's crazy. They change so, so fast. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk about it, how they change. So we'll get into that. Before we do, a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and be sure to follow the Ball Blast account as well at BallBlastFB. If you want more content, we just got done recording a Patreon-exclusive show, which was a ton of fun. It was the Patreon uh, Dynasty roster evaluation. So we had our patrons give us their rosters, you know, what their league settings are, how do they make this team better. We diagnosed it, and we made it better for them. So it was it was a great show. Check it out, patreon.com slash ballblast. Fellas, we have some news to get into, and one that I'm really excited to hear Okada's take on it because I know he's not very happy. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh. Le'Veon Bell, officially a chief. Your initial reactions. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Your initial reaction to this signing, Mr. Okada. Uh, trash. Yep. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Listen, listeners, if you haven't been listening long enough, let me tell you something about me and Le'Veon Bell. I have been saying that he is a not good running back or at least average running back for since he was on the Steelers. Not not since he left the Steelers or even since he held out and everyone started to question him. Since he was on the Steelers, he has always been a guy who has thrived off of the fact that his offensive line was amazing and opened up amazing holes. And he just sat there waiting for them to open, which, to be fair, was very good patience. You know, he's famous for his patience. But it doesn't it's not really a skill to just wait for your offensive line to open a giant hole and then run through it. So that's what I'd say about Le'Veon Bell. Not that great. Okay. Now he's going, he lost his job with the Jets because that organization is as bad as he is. No, that's, that's too much. No, no, that's they're way much. worse I'm than out, he I'm is. Out, they're out, way yeah. worse than Lev Bell. We have Let's to, well, first off, that's egregious. Uh, give a shout out to Adam Gase, who is still employed. And we're going to give an update every week. There you are. Congrats. You just need to create a website. Is Gata is Adam Gase employed.com where yeah. it's just a big green sign that says yes. Until it's not, and then it's just a big red sign that says no. We're on that behind the scenes. Uh, like that'll be our next project. Um, Okada, so, back to what you're saying there with with Bell now out of New York. Okay. Um, also, as a side note, I just tried to go to AdamGase.com just to see if the uh, what is, is that called domain, domain was open, and it took me to AriArmani.com. Ooh. And uh, sure. I have no idea what's happening. There's a lot of fancy clothes. Uh, he is going to be a change of pace back. That is my formal and official opinion. I'm announcing it now. Uh, slightly better than a change of pace back in your typical offense because it's the Chiefs and he's Le'Veon Bell as opposed to like Naheem Hines or Carlos Hyde or something like that. So, but he is not going to be an RB2. He is certainly not going to be an RB1. Do not expect that this former all-pro running back going to the best office of the league equals, oh my gosh, I need to trade all my firsts to get Le'Veon Bell. You'll be sorely disappointed. I think it does hurt CEH, potentially a decent amount, but I do not want Le'Veon Bell unless it's as a flex in a very deep PPR league. So here's the thing about CEH, speaking of that wonderful, wonderful man. Um, we just came off of a Monday Night Football game. Um, a reschedule because of COVID implications and all that fun stuff. Uh, five o'clock Eastern, by the way, which I'm like, wow, football at five o'clock. That feels very West Coast. I'm so used to this. Um, it was wonderful. Um, where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just had the most rush attempts by any running back in any Andy Reid offense ever. He just hang, hung 161 yards 
on the Buffalo Bills defense, which was supposed to be stout against the run and weak against the pass. And they just went, we are just going to run it down your throat over and over and over again. And right when I thought it was going to turn into a play action pass, it was just another run. So I think that it's, it, it, maybe it was a motivation game for, for CEH after the Lev Bell signing. I, I don't know, but CEH is giving you really solid value. I mean, that was an absurd high watermark, you know, for him since week one, but he's giving you very solid value without scoring the touchdowns, which I think that might be where we see more of Lev Bell in this offense is more of a goal line red zone threat than, you know, a 50-50 timeshare with CEH. So I don't want Lev Bell. I'm not too terribly concerned about CEH, but we do need to see how this workload is going to shake out. I agree. I will just say this, like the touchdown luck or lack of luck that CEH has had has been unreal. He had... Uh, at least one I know off the top of my head, maybe even two touchdowns called back in that Monday night game. If he scores a touchdown on top of those 160 yards, I mean, good Lord. And he had another one happen the week before against the Raiders when they lost. There's been so many opportunities for him to score touchdowns. He's just getting so unlucky and he was still getting fed the ball a ton inside the 10 yard line. Didn't capitalize on any of those. And maybe they look at that and they say, all right, Bell, like that's your role. You're going to catch a few passes. You're going to come in and you're going to take some goal line work. Even if that happens, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still a rock-solid fantasy running back, and he's not even scoring touchdowns, like John's saying. So to me, this literally changes absolutely nothing, especially in Dynasty. Like, give me a break. If anyone is worried about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I will trade for him happily, and I'm happy to overpay to get him on my roster. This is silly. I've had a couple of leagues where, like, I have CEH, and people have come with, like, the most insane offers. Like, I'm, like, worried about him. No, get out of here. He's got to be fine. But on the flip side... Check with the owner to see if they are. If CEH is on another team in your league, I I like those owners checking in with you and sending you those offers. You should be doing that as a a dynasty owner to see if they are panicking about a a 50-50 timeshare and thinking the veteran is going to get the upper hand in terms of workload. Yeah, go send those offers. See if you can get them on the cheap. By all means, I would... I like it. I would easily give up like a change of pace back and a first to go get CEH. Like if I could send Naheem Hines in a first and it lands me CEH, oh my goodness. Yes, I'm cashing that very quickly. If you are the person on the other side of that, come listen to our podcast because you need it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, if you know a friend like that, help them out. Tell yes. them about our show. Uh, moving on to the next piece of news here and then we'll get into the rookie mock. And we can kind of keep it quick because I'm sure we'll talk about this player quite a bit in the rookie mock draft. It is Tua. And he is now the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I just want to first start out by saying, like, how awesome is it that this dude is playing NFL football after potentially having a career-ending injury almost exactly a year to the day uh, yeah. when this happened? It happened in November, so we're, we're almost there. But I'm just so happy for him. Did you guys see him after the game sitting on the field? Oh, uh, amazing. His parents? Yeah, yep. super cool moment. So shout-out to Tua. Super, super happy for him but we got to break it down. I mean, for this season alone, let's, let's talk about that. Cause we'll talk about more of his dynasty value in the mock draft. What are we doing? And are we downgrading like rest of season? Mike Kosicki, who hasn't really done much. Uh, Devante Parker, miles Gaskin, those kind of pieces. What are your guys thoughts on the offense in general? Listen, man, it's hard to not because Fitzpatrick has been Fitzpatricking, which is what he always does. But here's the thing, the timing of this, this team just, smacked the NFC champion 49ers and then 
shut out and destroyed the admittedly hapless division rival Jets. Which is what you're supposed to do yes. to that team. And also, Period. by the way, beat the Jaguars four weeks ago now and didn't lose by much to the Seahawks. Their last four games have been like, this is a contending team. What the heck? They only lost by three to the Bills yeah. the week before that. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the Bills and Seahawks are two of the best teams in the league. This team under Fitzpatrick has been by far outperforming expectations. And Boy, here they are suddenly it? switching to Tua. Remember that prediction show before the Ooh. season mm. where where you and I chose a certain Ooh. team to represent the AFC in the wildcard round? Oh. I wonder if that was Miami who has a sneaky good offensive line and a running attack and some good weapons and decent defense. Who would have thunk? Oh, boy. Could it happen? Listen, so here's, couldn't, a, here's, couldn't happen. here's what it comes down to, guys. They are not making this change at this time. I, I understand it's a bye week, so it's a it's a reasonable time to do it. But they yeah. are not doing it unless they are watching Tua in practice and being like, holy mackerel, this is the best quarterback in this class, if not ever. We need to get him going now because we we see that our team is almost ready to like legitimately be a playoff contender. And we want to get him reps so that maybe next year we can literally win the division. Yeah, that's not uh, so... That means that he is going to be good out yeah. the gate, I believe. And so for that reason, as much as Fitzpatrick has been great and his players have thrived with him as much as we should expect them to, I'm not I don't think I'm downgrading anyone. Yeah, basically, in my opinion, I'm thinking the same exact thing. The only reason they do this is if they're taking a look at the division around them and they're going, Oh, maybe the Bills aren't crazy tough. They've come in off two losses in a row, granted to two very good teams. But they're coming off two losses in a row. They find themselves one game back in their division. The Patriots are floundering and dealing with all kinds of problems in themselves, and we don't even talk about the Jets. So if they're looking at this going, it's an expanded playoff. Um, we're one game out. It's a bye week, and I'm with you. They have to just be blown away with him in practice. The only reason they do this, if they literally look at it and go, he gives us a better chance of winning right now then Fitzmagic, who has been playing very, very well. However, it seems like every year that we've seen Fitz, he's balling out and then it just falls off. And I think they're looking at this and going, yep. maybe that's on the horizon. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and maybe that's on the horizon. And let's not wait until we drop two, three games in a row and find ourselves out of playoff contention. Let's make the switch now on a bye week while we've got an extra week to get the kid prepared mentally, emotionally, in the playbook, reps with the first team, all that stuff, and go on a run. So in my opinion, everything is stagnant for me in terms of how I'm viewing the Miami offense. I'm not upgrading or downgrading anyone right now. It's a wait-and-see approach. Let's just get him in there. Let's get a few games under our belt and see what he does and uh, let's be excited. He was our quarterback one, all three of us in this draft class. And and let's see what the kid can do. I'm thrilled. I'm too. For Tua. I'm so I feel terrible for Fitz. Oh, yeah. yeah I couldn't but have done more. But his life. Like, I feel is, like yeah, but, and he knows. He knows. But he, yeah, he couldn't have done still. more. And, he was so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was great. Dude, he was, he was perfect for fantasy. No one wanted to play him. But he was a QB1 every single week yeah. almost. Like, just so, so good. So... Yeah, hopefully things continue in, in that way. I also wonder if they just looked at the roster or the uh, the schedule, excuse me, and we're like, you know what? That's a great time, even if we're if we're one and you know one and five, or if we're 
I don't even know. Four and two. Like we're gonna we're gonna make the change anyway and just mm. give two of that time to see what happens. So either way, excitement in the air here on the pod, obviously um, for two. Bets, is there a bet available for uh dolphins to make the playoffs as of right oh, now? Yes. Oh yes. Bruh. You guys, I don't know what the odds are. I'm not allowed to bet on football because you I just tell me where. Tell me where. Yeah, but I am look strongly considering that they are one game out, and they have, like I just said, won or held in games with extremely good teams over the last five weeks. And there's there's a lot of easy wins on their schedule that is left, and the AFC is not great. True that. Um, also, I will say, listeners, go back about ten ish episodes. Look for the prediction show. I, unfortunately, I was not on it. These two hooligans held it down, but a lot of the predictions are looking good. Yeah, Packers we did well. Looking strong, mm-hmm. Steelers looking very strong. Seahawks Dolphins looking way better than we thought they'd be. Seahawks, of course. Yeah, um, Johnu Smith. Many guys predicting the Eagles sucking So you missed out on that. <laughs> None of us did well, <laughs> boy. Predicted the Eagles sucking. <laughs> but it oh, was we didn't even pick to win that division. I don't remember, but we it could be anyone. Way. We picked them. You guys want? Would you guys like a fun fact before we go on to the yes, rest of the me, show? Hit me, hit me. Yes. If the Eagles and Giants tie oh this week gosh. and Washington wins, they will be first in the division at two and five. And okay. any team could be first in division after this. If week. we tie the Giants yes. and the Bengals, someone come do a wellness <laughs> check on me, please, on Twitter <laughs> at me. So make sure I'm okay. You need to send me your address. Okay. Yes. Send me your address oh so that I can uh, call the local authorities. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, we're going to move on whoo. to the rookie draft. Before we do, we have a repeat sponsor of the show, a new one that you guys haven't heard in a little while. And maybe if you're new checking us out this year, you won't know about this. But uh, my good buddy, John Williams, is a personal trainer. He has his own podcast. And he wants you guys to listen to it. And I do, too, because it's, it's a great show. If you are trying to find a good health and fitness podcast, I mean, to be honest with you, it kind of sucks. Like either they're super dry and they're way too technical or you don't choose uh, topics that are relevant to like what you're doing in your life or training in the gym. Stop looking around. The WEN system, W-E-N system podcast is the place to go for looking for good training from a smart person who knows what they're talking about. It's not a typical health and fitness podcast. It's kind of boring. It's hosted by my friend John and a pro baseball strength and conditioning coach, Kevin Veritek. And you might know that last name if you're a baseball fan. Uh, wink, wink. You're going to want to hear it. They are all around athletes all day, so they know what they're talking about, and they don't like being bored either. So all these things that they do, they put it together in an entertaining way to help you understand what you're doing in the gym, get stronger, get smarter. Check out the When System podcast. You can find it anywhere. Get your podcast. Fellas. All you had to do was say Veritech, man. That that, that I know, right? is up in a big way. Yeah, I actually checked it yeah. out uh, a couple days ago, and it's a really, really cool show. So check I'm it out. Go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, boys, we're on to the rookie mock draft redo here for the 2020 class. We are going to go with a super flex format because we got to talk about the quarterbacks. So super flex, uh, we're going to snake through this. We are not building rosters. So we're basically just taking, you know, who we think is the best player available. And we're going to go back to the man who had the chopsticks hanging out of his nose Ooh. at the start of the show with the 1.01. And I'm going to go in the middle. I'll split it up. I'll go two, And then, John, I'll kick it over to you for the third pick. And then we'll go reverse order. Okada. Wow. Who you got? 1.01. This, this is not the position I wanted. I wanted the position uh, after this probably because of the guy that I think would go number one, and I don't know if I want to take him there. So the difficult question here is, is it CEH or is it a quarterback? For me, that's the question. Sorry, John and Jonathan Taylor. Um, and the signing of Le'Veon Bell is interesting because for me, I came in at, when 
they drive to CEH, we all remember, or at least anyone who's around with our podcast remembers, my boy's here getting super excited, me trying to throw a bunch of cold water on it because Damian Williams was still there, and I did not believe that they would give CEH the full job and he'd be a bell cow. Then Damian Williams opted out, and CEH has been incredible, and I know nothing like about the goose. John and I called that. <laughs> Damian yes. Williams opting out? Yes. Totally. Oh nailed God. it. Absolutely. Then they go and sign Le'Veon Bell. This is not some Carlos Hyde depth piece. This is Le'Veon Bell. I still believe that Andy Reid does not want to feed CEH the ball 20 times a game. And I think that's why they went and got Le'Veon Bell. So it makes me hesitant to pick him 101. And my boy that I would pick there, Tua, is finally getting to start and his team's looking great. But it's Dynasty and Le'Veon Bell is going to be gone next year. So I'm going to take CEH. Good man. I was I was hoping you would make the smart choice because if you did, I was going to smash it here at the one point yes. two. That's who I would have taken as well. Uh, John, real quick, who would be your one point of one? You don't get to make the pick. I mean, Okada's such a jerk. He took it. Facts. Um, it is tough. I think that you are looking at dynasty and you're looking at an off season where none of these running backs had preseason. We didn't have a lot of workouts. We didn't have a lot of that. We basically said. Every rookie running back is probably going to get off to a slow start, and they have. Some of the wide receivers have done great and burst onto the scene, but every running back has been kind of meh. Like, I know that they just gave CEH, whatever it was, 26 carries, I think it was, on, on Monday Night Football. But before that game, it had been pretty meh other than the first game of the season against Houston. Bracket. So Bracket. I'm still, it's, it's still Jonathan Taylor for me. I believe in what I saw in college and I believe in the system that he landed in. And I think that he had a tough schedule early in the year. Yeah. His workload has been increasing every week for the last four weeks. Um, he's getting more efficient as the season is going. I think that by the second half of the season, we're going to see him really hit stride and take off. So it's, it's still Jonathan Taylor for me. You play the long game. I, I don't really, I'm not that swayed by what we've seen from the first six weeks. He has a hundred yard game under his belt. Like it's not like the dude's doing nothing. He's the PPR running back 14 before this last weekend. So he's right really there as a fringe too. running back one. Yeah. Yeah. His biggest weakness entering the NFL was his pass catching. And yeah, he actually looked great. really good in the past couple of weeks doing that. So um, I don't even know if we can talk about the pick anymore because I'm not going to take him at 1.02. You're going to take him at 1.03, I assume. Yep. Yep, so right. we'll kind of go. We got 1.01. We went 1.03. We're back to 1.02. <laughs> I am taking Mr. Joey B, Joey Burrow. Um, he was not my 1.01 uh, quarterback in this class six weeks ago before the season started. It was Tua. But things change, and you get tape on these guys, and you just watch him play, and he just looks like a pro. I don't really know how else to put it. He just looks good. He's comfortable. He is underrating rushing upside that I don't think Tua has, and I don't think he necessarily will have because of the fact that he's coming off of that hip surgery. So that breaks the that's the tiebreaker for me. I'll take Joe Burrow here at the 1.02. Jonathan Taylor goes at 1.03. We're back to you, John, at 1.04 because we're going snake. Yeah, so Jonathan Taylor is going to be my 1.03. Um my 1.04, I got to go with CeeDee Lamb. Mm -hmm. I think that what we've seen out of him has been ridiculously impressive. Um, I think that his ability, his playmaking ability, his yards after the catch, um, he, he has commanded target share early in his rookie season. Um being good gets you the ball a lot of the times. Getting open gets you the ball a lot of the times. He's been doing incredibly well at that. 
making contested catches, going across the middle, doing the dirty work out of the slant. He's excelling. He's torching defenders. I know that they lost Dak for the year. Um, and what we saw out of Dalton was absolutely terrifying. Um, oh, it, was God, it was horrible. Gross. It was such <laughs> a disgusting game. But what we've seen out of CeeDee Lamb, his talent against NFL defenses, yeah, the dude belongs. He's potentially a dynasty wide receiver one already. Um, guy's a beast. I love him. I think his long-term outlook is incredibly bright. I like it. Uh, the injury to Dak Prescott has to be one of the suckiest things that has happened in Agreed. the National Football League in recent it's memory. So bad. Like the, yeah. the, this trio, I, I just quickly brought up or pulled up like the best uh, an article about the best wide receiving cores of all time because I wanted to see if I could find one that would compare. I don't know. This might like if we had seen Dak and them for the whole year, this might have been the best trio and quarterback that we had ever seen. Like there was some uh there was some Peyton Manning years that maybe someone was close, but Co- Cooper Lamb Gallup is disgusting. But see, most um, of those most of those offenses that were high flying that you think of as being the best offenses, the Peyton Manning, the Kurt Warner, it was a duo. Exactly. Leading by third. I couldn't find a trio of wide receivers. Randy Moss, Chris Carter, no third. Yeah. Yeah. That Peyton Manning was uh, Brandon Marshall. Oh, yeah. The Broncos. And then back to to Indy. Yeah. Kurt Warner, Um, Isaac Bruce, you know. Anyways, yes. This is a great pick, and CeeDee Lamb is a great pick, and he is incredibly talented. And him and Dak are going to dominate for years after this. Sad season with no deck. Come on, Andy, get it together. Which, which, by the way, as a side note, I think he will. I think they were all on different pages for a large portion of that game. I think it's going to get better as Andy Dalton plays with those guys a little bit more. We even saw it with well, CD Lamb in the second half. We also need to talk about the fact, briefly, that Ezekiel Elliott fumbled twice, which never Come happens. Come on, Zeke. Like, never happens. So, yeah. the negative game script right out the bat, like, it, 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 they were just on tilt they the were. whole game. Yep. I think they're going to write that out a little bit. Call. Yeah, it's dude, it's so silly what people th- like. I do not understand how in today's day and age, and I'm sorry I'm going on a little bit of a rant, but why do coaches think that running the ball on first and second down protects the quarterback? It does the exact opposite. Yep. Like they're putting any Dalton in a position where they're like, all right, man, sorry, it's third and seven again, but good luck. <laughs> Get and, lit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, throw the ball on first and second down. Make it that's the easiest down to throw the ball. Do it then. Co-signed Seahawks fans for the last seven years. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but hey, we can see people change. We got Russ cooking. Maybe Dalton yes. come out and yes. do something. Maybe like a third of good as good of that, and we'll be happy. Uh, a sous chef. We'll a sous chef. Yes, exactly. I like that. Uh, back to me here at the one point oh five. I I debated this player a little bit on the last pick, so I'm going to go back to him in Superflex. For me, it's still Tua. Um, if you guys heard the podcast in the off season, you knew we were all high on this guy. He was our one before the season started in terms of our, our top-ranked quarterback. And now we're going to see him on the field. We talked about what that team is doing. I love what the Dolphins are doing. I have zero concerns that they're going to bring in someone that is an alpha wide receiver next year for him because they have a decent offensive line that they built around in the last draft. They've got some good playmakers in Gasicki, who we love, Devontae Parker, who's good, Preston Williams, who is good. Maybe they have something in Gaskin. And the defense is solid, and they have two first-round picks. Like, Are you telling me they're not going to put like Rondell Moore on this team? Maybe uh, one of those picks is, is Houston's. Yes, it is. <laughs> like who is so, one in five? Yeah. So now we get two on the field, and I believe that they're going to build around him the smart way. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens. But we're only six weeks in. I still believe in the guy. Nothing has changed. I just prefer Joe Burrow a little bit more 
because we've already seen him play. But I'm going to take him here at the 1.05. That is back to Okada at the 1.06. By the way, um, the Oregon offensive tackle, Panay Sewell, is going to look great in Miami protecting mm, Tua. We're going to put that out there. Well, I have two things to say. Number one, I got a research itch, Bets, when you brought up the throwing on first down thing. I just pulled it out real quick. The teams that oh, throw the most on first down, Bills and Cowboys. Let's go. What a surprise. You get a good offense if you throw on first down. Also, thing number two, speaking of Oregon, I'm going to take Justin Herbert. There you go. With this pick, I was hoping he would come back to me. There is one other player that is close for me, and he, it was tempting, but... I feel like Justin Herbert has maybe looked better than Joe Burrow. I know Joe Burrow looks, looks the most professional, but from a fantasy standpoint, like right now, if you tell me who do I want to win a Super Bowl, I'm picking Joe Burrow. If you tell me who do I want to be my fantasy quarterback one for the next 10 years, I might pick Justin Herbert first. But certainly with him still available here, I'm going to pick him. Keenan Allen, not healthy right now. But when he comes back, going to be great. Mike Williams still does amazing things anytime he gets oh targeted. Oh, God, that Monday Night Football game. Hot. It was so back, hot. Looking nice. So Hunter right Henry, now. still good. Needs more targets, please. But yes. in general, all these undrafted guys, who needs the great guys that we that we were talking about in the offseason? Holy mackerel. What is with Jalen Guyton? Jalen Guyton is balling. Yeah. So Herbert, cool. by far the least afraid to just chuck the ball of the guys we have seen. He has looked fearless. And do it well. Yes, he's not just throwing up the ducks. Like no, he's throwing great deep passes. Yeah, I love him. I have him in a couple dynasty leagues where I picked him at the back of the first, so I'm very happy, and I'm happy to get him here in this mock. Yeah, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when he kind of had his his breakout game, and we were like, man, we're gonna look back on this class in a year and be like, holy crap, we were sleeping on Justin Herbert as a value like it was like standard to be like all right yeah to all right joe burrow and then running backs and then wide receivers and then i guess i'll take justin herbert at the 112 like and that was just so so silly in retrospect but this is why we do this now so you can make these trades and reevaluate who you should be going after yeah i mean justin herbert what, what a so start what, and the schedule is this? 1.06? yeah 1.06 oh the, i get this pick don't i you get the one seven yeah yep yeah, that was six you're at seven but the schedule coming up i just want to say for herbert and the Chargers is very, very intriguing. Watch him this week against Jacksonville. He is going to smash, and I'm so yes, excited yes. for it. All right, Okada, 1.07. Who you got? Well, I was trying to make a difficult decision at 106 because I thought I might not get this guy coming back, but I, re I realized I now get him coming back. That'll be Justin Jefferson, please. Yep. The third LSU player taken in our top, how many picks? This seven? Seven. seven. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, holy mackerel has this guy been dominating. Uh, he's like pretty much just taken over the number one spot. We were thinking, can this guy fill in for Stefan Diggs? Is he going to be able to help Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and keep this offense afloat? Um, yes, and more by a lot. Uh, he's going to be, if he's not already now, which you could say that he is, he's going to be the wide receiver one for this team, I think, by next year and for many years to come. Right. He looks incredible. He has been. I don't need. Where is he in fantasy right now? Do you guys know? Just like seven, I believe. Yeah, I believe he's unbelievable. Wide receiver seven. And I don't necessarily see it changing. I, that that is a realistic thing. He could finish as a wide receiver one, which is crazy for a rookie. Him and Ceedee Lamb both. Yep, dude's a stud. Love it. Love it. And also, by the way, like the coolest touchdown dance, which mm. I think matters oh, a for a dynasty from line. like the five yard line <laughs> into the end. Yes, line. yes, he just starts he, it he, way early. Yeah, he just it's always open. Phenomenal. 
<laughs> deep down the field. Yeah, it's awesome. Also, I would like to say going back to um, pre NFL season when we were doing all of our rookie moth drafts and stuff like that, we talked about Justin Jefferson being the clear cut opportunity to get early work and succeed the most mm-hmm. and finish as the highest scoring rookie yep. wide receiver this year. And so far, right. uh, uh, an applaud for the three uh, of us. We, I forgot we about that. Be, That's right. Seem to have been right on that one. Yep, yep, yep. There's nothing better than taking a victory lap uh, six weeks into a season. So Back. that's what we're here for. And you guys can't tell us not to because we control what we say on the show. So <laughs> you're going to victory lap all day. Uh, next player on the list here at the 1.08. I'm debating between two players. And I'm going to go with a tiebreaker of the guy that has the better draft capital. Shout out to Mo, our, our listener of our, you know, our loyal patron. I'm going to take Jerry Judy here. Yep. And really what it comes down to, I was between him and another player, which I don't want to spoil in case John wants this player. But uh jerry judy is still arguably the best route runner in this class we just haven't seen enough of him yet to change the value on him this is kind of right where he was going you know in the pre-draft or preseason process i should say with rookie drafts i'm not changing him at all we've seen flashes of what he can be but drew lock's been hurt so we can't really even say drew lock hasn't been good or has been good we just don't know and so really nothing changes i'm still going to go on pre uh preseason tape from what he did in college and he was just such a good route runner that I can't move him down below the 1.08 in a super flex draft. So Jerry Judy off the board here to me, John, over to you, man, who you got? Um, so briefly, yes, I would just ahead. like to touch on Jerry Judy because he has looked as someone who is a quote unquote wide receiver scout, but I, I took one class. Um, he has looked incredible. Yeah. He is nasty out there. Like I remember Mo waxing on poetic in the in the slack about him being a top five route runner in the nfl in his first week or something silly like that and i said mo calm down let's see where he goes he's getting up there man i don't know how high it's not top five but he is incredible but with the, i liked him as the most from a prospect standpoint coming in and we ranked him all i think all of us ranked him below cd lamb because yep. of where he landed cd went and got the one of the most productive fantasy quarterbacks in the league Jerry Judy went and got Dingleberry, McJurlock, and if <laughs> if he's hurt, whatever mess John Elway has established behind him. And I don't yeah, feel confident. Cool. I don't feel confident even when Drew Locke is healthy. So that's really rough for Judy's value. If he had gone to the Cowboys, I think we would be talking about him just like we're talking about CD. So still valuable, though. I like the pick. He would have been my pick. Sorry. Go ahead, John. Yeah, so this sounds like we need to talk about like knee valgus and all that fun stuff when it comes to mm. Jerry Judy and his ability to bend those legs. Mm. Um, so bendy. Such a good term. So bendy. Just call him Gumby. Um, yeah, they need a better quarterback. Uh, what, a little aside here, in theoretical hypothetical land, which we often operate because this is a podcast about fake football. Um, right. What if... John Elway goes and tries to get Dak Prescott from Dallas next year. I have zero confidence in his ability to do that. I don't. (laughs) Well, I do too. It's John Elway. Um, Uh, But if they're not able to reach a long-term deal, I don't think that um, Dak wants to come back and play on the tag. They could have had him at like 28, 30 million a year ago for long-term. And now it's going to be like 42 to 44 or something along those lines. Which, to be fair, is what he wanted in the first place and yep. clearly apparently deserved. Yep, and he's not going to play on the tag, so they're either going to hold out, 
trade him or give him the long-term big money. And I don't think that they're going to come up on money and duration for the contract, which were both sticking points for what they were offering him. So what if it's a tag and trade and you have an AFC team because they're not going to go in division. They probably won't go in conference. What if you have an AFC team like the Colts or like Denver that try to go do a, uh, a trade situation? Anyways, a hypothetical fun situation, but it would be cool to see Dak work with both CD and then Judy. That would be, yes. that'd be, very, that'd be very cool. I but like anyways, it. I digress. To my pick, um, y'all are silly for leaving this man available to me at the 1.09. I'm taking DeAndre Swift. Um, the second running back drafted in the NFL draft got off to a little bit of a hit and miss start. Like all these running backs did. He dropped that would have been game winning touchdown pass, but this last week, the dude absolutely exploded and you can't put that genie back in the bottle. It's not going to happen. This is their starting running back. This is the guy that's going to be taking over a majority of the work. Adrian Peterson is still going to be a thing to kind of keep Swift's legs fresh, but Deandre Swift looks fantastic. He looks explosive. In short spaces, he did get run down in the open field, which is one of the things that we talked about pre-draft, that he doesn't have the long speed. He's just really, really shifty in small spaces. Um, but he still busted out a couple of very long plays. Um, he looks good. He looks fantastic. I think they got a good one there. I think that they're going to continue to ride that. Um, and I think he's going to get more and more involved in the passing game as the season continues. Um, 1.09, taking that value where, you know, we all know Adrian Peterson is not going to be on the roster again next year, so we'd probably have an increased workload going into his second season. Yeah, please and thank you. I will take DeAndre Swift at the 1.09. I love it. And the silly thing is, like, we all sound like we are, like, you know, idiots for, like, letting these guys fall this far, but <laughs> this class is just so good. It yeah, is unreal really nice. how good this class is. But, yes, that's a great value on Swift. John, you're back up at the, the snake draft here at the 110. Okay, and the wide receivers that have gone so far are CD Lamb. It's on the talking, um, really, boob. Well, I know CD. I'm 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 talking for the listeners. You know, okay, boy. got it. CD <laughs> Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy. Those are the three wide receivers that have gone. The yes. fourth wide receiver off the board, in my opinion, should be Brandon Ayuk, mm. and I'm gonna take him here at the 1.10. I think that we've seen that he is dangerous and explosive and they want to get him the ball very creatively, just like what we saw with Debo Samuel last year. But I think that Brandon Ayuk has looked better than Debo Samuel, even when Debo has been healthy and on the field, just saying, Um, I know that that offense runs through George Kittle and then whatever running back is healthy that they decide to throw back there. Um, But I think that Brandon Ayuk has a nice role in this offense. Um, He's getting red zone targets. Um, he's being very heavily utilized um, in a number of ways. And I think that his role is going to continue to increase in this offense as he continues to learn Kyle Shanahan's system. So here at the 110 late first round pick, um, I will take a yak monster and we'll go get us some uh, Brandon Ayuk. I like it. Real quick. before oh, we go like it. The dogs like it too. The dogs love it. Such the dogs are pick. so happy about that pick. Um, real quick, before we move on, <laughs> I just want to get you guys quick take. Don't have to like not a lot of analysis, but in Dynasty, who do you want? Is it is it Debo or is it Ayuk? That's Ayuk. I feel like I've gotten that question a bunch. Ayuk? It's Ayuk yes. for me. Yep. Yeah, me too. All right, just make sure we're on the same page. All right. I'm back up here at the 111, and I am so confused what to do because there are two wide receivers that I absolutely want to have in my roster. And I feel mm. like I can't mess this up, but I'm probably going to. 
I'm going to take the player who has shown me more in the past couple of weeks, but it's only because the other player is injured. I'm going to take Chase Claypool. Yep. Who has come out and had huge value increase over the past few weeks. He just looks unstoppable out there. This is where things start to get weird in our rookie yeah. oh, yes. yes. Like yes. the first 10s kind of chalk. Yeah. And now we get to get funky with it. Yeah, I'm going to say Claypool. I mean, we've just seen him come out and just be a mismatch on the field. And granted, it was against my Eagles who look like they have no idea what they're doing. But still, I mean, you just don't do that as a rookie and just be like a dude in this league. So, I mean, Juju, we talked about on the Patreon show, I think is probably gone as a Steeler. Yeah. This just puts a nail in the coffin for Juju to potentially have them move on and not pay him in free agency. And so he looks like he's going to be lined up with Deontay Johnson and potentially James Washington as the three wide receiver set there as the alpha as soon as this week and in the season. So I'll say Claypool here at the, the 111. Have you heard his nickname? Oh, no. What is it? Mapletron. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. Because he's Canadian. Yep. Oh, and yeah, I love I like it. That. I love it you so love much. It. So Love to much. see it. Also, shout Such out to everyone nickname. that was telling this kid to switch to tight end, you idiot. Yes. Uh, get God. <laughs> oh, my God. But seriously, I, I we, like, what, he's six. Four or six five, two thirty eight, and ran a four four one forty at the combine. Disgusting. That's some physical freakiness. That's really? that's a that's a special physical yeah, specimen four, right there. Two thirty eight. Yep. Wow, wow, we won. Okada, you got man. You're at the turn here. You got twelve and the two point oh one. Alrighty, I'm going to take with the twelve a player who I think is a fat value in this rookie draft, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Yep. Uh, falling this far because he hasn't done very much yet, uh, not surprisingly. Also, I don't know what the Ravens are doing in general with their running backs. It's honestly kind of weird, and I feel like not working for them that well, and I think they need to go back to what they were doing last year, which is relying a lot of Mark Ingram and involving the other guys. But regardless, we talked about it at way back in the actual rookie mock drafts that we did, that J.K. Dobbins was probably not going to do anything this year but that he was going to be in a great position to do great things next year and beyond. And I still believe that the flashes we've seen are good. The offense is still great. I believe J.K. Dobbins can be an RB1 moving forward after this year. So I'm going to take him here. Any objections? No, I like it. Okay. Then I am going to take also, a player. Yes. Uh, it, it Also, Mark Ingram is now injured and potentially missing multiple weeks. Meaning we have some opportunity for Gus Bus and J.K. Dobbins to kind of just go mano y mano, and for that coaching staff to kind of figure out a little bit more about what they have. So this right. might be a little bit of that turning point in that offense this season over the next two weeks, where we kind of see who separates themselves um, as being, you know, the better option there in that backfield. So I think we're going to start seeing workload variance for both of these guys over the next coming weeks, depending on performance. It's going to be like, okay, we're going to give both of you guys a chance. One of you earn it. Show me something. Separate yourself from the other. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and with my second pick here, the 201? One. One. 201, I am taking T. Higgins. Ah! Dang it! Yes. That's a great pick. Uh, oh, T. Higgins, by the way, Justin falling. Jefferson has over... Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb have o overshadowed T. Higgins... But he has been very good as well. Uh, 40 yards, four catches, seven targets in four straight games for him as a rookie. And we talked about what we're seeing from Burrow. Professionalism, 
clearly going to be a successful quarterback in this league. AJ Green is going to be gone, not in the not too distant future. Basically, already is gone because he sucks. Yeah, what, what is he? Good gracious! Uh, clearly, he has not recovered from whatever injuries he suffered that kind of derailed his career. Sad, but hmm, yes, also drops. Um, but in any case, it's good for T. Higgins, who is going to be uh, maybe the one A ahead of Tyler Boyd in the very near future. So at the oh, very yeah. least, the one B. Uh, or just the ones, the ones together. I don't know uh, for Joe Burrow in the coming years. Like the Zach Taylor offense, I think this team is going to. I don't know if I can say this team is going to be good, but this offense is going to be good for fantasy. I think for several years, and T Higgins is going to be a part of that. So I'm really happy to get him here. Yeah, it's yeah, good value. I'm loving it, and this makes me so happy to see an 85 balling out for the Bengals. Like, just seeing oh, yeah. that 85 jersey <laughs> in the Bengals doing work, shades of Ocho Cinco uh, from mm. years past, it just makes me really happy. Did you see the little video cameo where they had Carson Palmer and Ocho Cinco talking via video in the locker room to Joe Burrow and T. Oh, Higgins, who wore cool. both of their numbers, both of yep. them with the same jersey numbers. Yep. It's, a, it's a cool changing of the guard to the new generation. It's going to be fun to watch this, too. It certainly is. He is everything we thought and hoped AJ Green would be this year. He is yep. that. He is the he is the other player across from Tyler Boyd that you want. I mean, listen to the snap counts. 22% the first week, 65%, 79, 81, 81. And no fewer than six targets since week two. Like he is an every week potential starter. He is here. Joe Burrow in yeah, in in good matchups. So he's been great so far. And the fact that he's tied to Joe Burrow is excellent. All right, 2.02. It's a homer pick for your boy. I'm taking yeah. Jalen Rager, who we haven't seen much of this year. Uh, but in the pre-draft process, he was largely considered a first-round pick for a lot of people. So to get him here in the early second, I think is decent value. And his injury, not really anything that I'm super concerned about, was a ligament injury in his thumb. It's going to heal totally fine. He's actually going to be back in week eight, so not this Thursday, but the following week. And we'll get to see a huge opportunity. Obviously, Zach Ertz out, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't been on the field at all this year. Deshaun Jackson's always hurt. So Jalen Rager could be this team's kind of savior with, with Travis Fulham down the stretch. So we Just will see. Yeah. yeah we'll, Travis we'll see. Uh, now, what a Beth, guy, huh? we what did a guy. talk about how Judy is suffering with the lack of quarterback play. Do you not have those same fears for the Eagles and their terrible quarterback? Dude, the hate Carson Wentz gets is unreal. He is playing with JV level backup lineman. And no, and yeah, third no string, the third string tackle. I, I don't buy I it. It's trash. So bad. Garbage. <laughs> he does he does look all like equally awesome and terrible at the exact same time. Like he'll pull out this play where he just breaks it like a, a tackle for a sack and throws it 40 yards down the field to Fulham. And you're like, this guy's awesome. And then all of a sudden he'll like throw it into the dirt with no one around him. And I'm like, what are you doing? But regardless. I still like Jalen Rager. For me, I've always been a talent over situation type of player for Dynasty for wide receivers, and he fits that bill. So Jalen Rager off the board here in the early second round. John, over to you, man. Who you got? Scanning. Scanning. This is between two guys for me now. You can pick them both. Um, hey, look at that. Oh, Wouldn't you know right. it? Isn't that nice? Okay. Then for posterity's sake, um, I will give the nod to one as the first one off the board. I'm going Cam Akers um, here as my next pick, who was a consensus first-round pick, oftentimes going in the top like six to eight of rookie picks last year. Um, this Rams 
backfield has been a jambalaya of a mess. It's like everyone in the pot, and we're just going to stir it up and then see what happens. Um, you can't count on the workload from week to week. There's been injury concerns. You've got one week it's Malcolm Brown balling out, and then they say they're going to lean on Brown, and then it's Daryl Henderson and a little bit of Cam sprinkled in where he busts off like one fantastic run and then nothing else. Um, it's totally been a mess. Luckily, we're playing Dynasty, and this is for the long play. I like his talent. I like what we saw um, him do at the college level. I liked his combine. I, I like the draft capital. Um, I think he's got a decent opportunity going forward at some point to emerge in this backfield when he's given the workload. Um, so I'm kind of taking that dart throw a little bit in the second round, but I'm going uh, Cam Akers there. All right. Who else you got going with right after that? So that was the 2.03, and now because of the snake, you're back on the clock at the 2.04. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's someone that I avoided like the plague, but I need to concede a little bit here that has shown flashes that he might be a worthwhile asset and something worth potentially having and investing in Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. We knew that he was explosive. We knew that he was absolutely crazy when he got the ball in college. It just wasn't very much. Um, I had serious concerns about the amount of tape that we've seen and the workload that he had in college. Um, the reason that he was relegated, by the way, is for another running back that's going to be coming out this year that I expect to be pretty good. Um, but Antonio Gibson has shown that this is a guy that you want to get the ball to in space in a multitude of ways. They want to get him involved in the passing game. They want him in the running game. He's a better between the tackles runner than I thought that he would show at the NFL level, especially when they've got absolute, in the words of Okada, doo-doo butter at quarterback. Um, He's been looking pretty good. He's been looking okay. So, Here in the second round, again, kind of just going upside here. It doesn't do you any good to chase floor. So I'll take the really electric guy and and see if he continues to develop in this offense over the next year or two. Whoever their quarterback is going to be next year, maybe it's Justin Fields. Uh, Out of curiosity, assuming things go decently well for him, not best case, but decently well, do you think he has RB1, perennial RB1 potential, or is he more like a, Back end RB two gonna be a PPR a decent guy. I don't think that he has RB one ceiling. Okay, that's was, not yeah. what I think I see for him. Um, he could be someone that maybe like maybe gets one hundred and seventy five carries, um, and then has some PPR value on top of that. So he could get you into like that mid RB two range, um, like. James White with more carries, um, mm. but less like balanced out a little bit, like less yeah. of the sheer receiving work. Like this could be someone that gets you 175 carries and 50 receptions, something like that. So I think that he could be a startable asset going forward as he continues to develop. I don't think he has top 12 running back ceiling in him, um, but I think he could be a nice rosterable asset. I agree entirely. Me too. All right. The 2.05. I mean, he was the best draft value, I think, outside of maybe Justin Herbert, you know, several months ago. He still is. And it is Brian Edwards at the 2.05. I'm taking him off the board. I'm taking him over Henry Ruggs. And I think that tells you how I think about Brian Edwards. I mean, all training camp. And again, it's training camp and it's hype season and it's all this and it's all that. But 
he looked great. And early in the season, he looked good. And we haven't seen him on the, on the field because of injury recently. And this just happens so often where in Dynasty, everyone's so short-minded. But again, next year at this time, if you're telling me Brian Edwards is a locked-in like wide receiver two in your lineup every week, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not going to project that. But I wouldn't be shocked. Like I think he has that much talent. And so I will take a, a stab at him here at the 2.05 in this rookie mock. Hmm. Okay, we've reached the difficult zone. I feel yep, like we have. I feel like I'm things yeah. are getting weird. weird. <laughs> um, I really don't want to take this player, but I feel like I should, so I'm going to. I'm going to take Lavisca Chenault. Yeah, I'm not a big Chenault fan at all. Was not at all a big Chenault fan coming out of the draft or into this season. But he's done some decent things, decent enough to be flexible maybe throughout his career if he continues to get enough touches. I don't even know what to call them. Targets, rushes, whatever he gets. Opportunities. Opportunities, opportunities, thank you. It's been mostly targets. Um, In fact, he has not really done much on the rushing game. One or two rushes every game. I had five once. But he's a player who's going to do stuff with the ball when he touches it. So as long as he continues to get work, that's very possible. And in the Jaguars' offense, that's pretty likely because they don't really have – much else at all. Um, so excuse me, uh, Keelan Cole is doing very well. Oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, Keelan Cole. Classic. Every year, every year of his career, is gonna have like one or two big games. And be like, oh, <laughs> Keelan Cole, no, Ooh. no, Keelan Cole. Um, so I'll take him here against my better wishes. I'm not a fan of the uh, the, the scat, what do you call these players, gadget players, but I'll take him. Scat back. What year is it? Two thousand. Yeah, not like, scat I back. haven't heard that term. What was that thing yeah. that James uh, that uh, Jerry Jones called? Um, uh, Tavon Austin once. Oh, web back. Um, was it web back? Yeah, I oh, think I so. It was web back or something. I think it was like web. That. I think it was web back. Yeah, I think made, he made up some term. Uh, with my second pick, I'm torn between going for a guy that has looked decent in flashes that we kind of liked, or a couple guys that were my guys. And even though they haven't done much yet, I'm gonna I want to take them. I'm gonna go that route because it's it's a freaking fun podcast mock draft. And I'm gonna take the one that I think is more likely to not be taken by you guys, and that's Cole Komet. Come touchdown! Let's go. How you put it on the dock? <laughs> yep. Cole Komet. Uh, Did you really? Know, we all know mm-hmm. how much I Absolutely. love Cole Komet. Well done. Tight end for the Bears. Coming out of the draft, I felt very confident he would be a tight end one within a couple years. Caught his first touchdown last week. Very exciting for me. I hope that everybody who listens to this podcast thought of me when that happened because I thought of me when it happened. <laughs> um, and I don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position for this team, but I don't care. I think Cole Komet can produce either way. So I'm going to go ahead and grab the first and probably only tight end of yeah. this mock draft. What pick are we on? Uh, we are on the 2.08, and okay. I'm back on the clock. I am going to take uh, another Raiders wide receiver here. I will take Henry Ruggs. This is the range where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to shoot for the moon and hope that Henry Ruggs is like Tyreek Hill 2.0. Do I think he's no, that? No, no. no uh, not at that's all. Jaylen, that's Jalen Waddle. You're taking a <laughs> – oh, yeah, he looks so, so good, man. We're taking a, a shot here on a high upside type of player. So in the back of the second round, I'll take Henry Ruggs 2.08. Yep. John, back to you, man. Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver, USC. He was the guy uh, I was considering. We're going Michael Pittman Jr. here, who I still love his skill set. Um, again, we're in back end of the second round. At this point, you're basically just going talent. 
and you know what you liked and what you saw and hoping that it becomes something next year. Um, again, I don't love him for this season. Phillip Rivers has looked pretty bad for most of the year. Had a decent game this last week um, in a little bit of a, a comeback mode flurry that he was thrown into. Um, but Michael Pittman Jr. is just a guy that I like him on contested catches. I like him after the catch. Um, he's got a decent frame. Um, I don't know who their quarterback is in 2021, but it's probably someone that they're going to ask to push the ball a little bit more than what we're seeing out of Phillip Rivers. So I'm going to go with Michael Pittman Jr. Like yeah, they're, I don't know what rough, they're going to do. Maybe the they should go for Sam Darnold. Yeah, I like that. I would I would like that. I think I might have. I don't know if I've seen that somewhere, if I just made it up, but I feel like that's a decent play. Also, you know who else is not doing well? Take credit for that. Okay. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has done diddly squat. Yes. Zero. Michael Pittman Jr. could easily be the wide receiver one for this team next year. Easily. Yeah. Marcus Johnson is a dude who's like, I mean, he's fine for what he is, which is like a wide receiver four on a roster, is balling. (laughs) T.Y. Hilton has done nothing. So, yeah, it was a player that we were just so down on this year. Um, it looks, it's looked rough. All right, John, back to you, man. This is your last pick, so make it a good one, all right? Don't mess it up. I yeah, am taking Joshua Kelly. Nice. Running back out of UCLA, who basically just went from one powder, Jew, jer- powder blue jersey to another. Um, I like what we've seen out of him. I like the workload that he's been getting. Um, even though Justin Jackson is kind of sprinkled in a little bit here and there, I think that he's looked okay. And I think that's really about it. He doesn't look great, um, but he has opportunity and opportunity matters. Um, And, you know, we talked about it going into the season that we thought that this could be a guy that gets, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 carries and some goal line work uh, per game. Um, He's exceeded that. He's gotten more workload than we thought that he was going to, even when Eckler was healthy and in the fold. Um they really want to run that complimentary piece to Austin Eckler in a big way. And I think that he has a good opportunity to take over that role um, going forward. Once you see Eckler back in the fold, I think right now we're seeing him and Justin Jackson because Joshua Kelly is not Austin Eckler, but once you have Eckler back, I think it's going to be like 90% of the carries and opportunities are going to be split between Eckler and Joshua Kelly. I like it. Uh, I'm going to take a player here who has no draft capital, but he's looked pretty decent this year, and I'm going to take him, uh, James Robinson. Yeah, yeah you are. are. We I was not waiting. talk about any, like, not even for a second on this podcast. In the Never offseason. sniffed my radar. Nope, I don't think anyone did, uh, and here nope. we are. But he's getting touches, and he's looked decent for fantasy, and obviously that's what we care about. Now, do I think he's a long-term running back there? Probably not, no, but if you would have done a rookie draft and I could have told you, you're going to get at the 2.11, a top 15 running back this year, you'd be like, okay, what league is this? Uh, this is not, this is not allowed. <laughs> like That's just silly. So to me, that's all it is. I'll take James Robinson here. James Robinson, excuse me here at the 2.11. And that goes back to Okada to finish this riveting, very, very important rookie mock draft. Yeah, and just as a quick note to listeners who, when they heard us say, sell James Robinson now after his crazy start, and we were, they were thinking, how dare you? This man I picked up off waivers, he's an RB1. I will never do such a thing, you maniacs. Let this be a sign to you. He has sucked over the last couple of weeks. 
arguably will still be fine over the course of the season. And he goes in the back end of the second round and our chance that we have to properly draft him. You Sometimes you have to just trust the fact that every team in the league did not want a piece of this person. Arguably Arian Foster was, you know, great. He's one exception, but for the most part with a running back position, especially it's not the case. So just throwing that out there, but he's producing. So you have to put him up to 11. Um, I'm, I have two options here. I'm going to talk about both because I can, because there's no more picks. One of them is Tyler Johnson. Yep. Uh, wide receiver for the Buccaneers out of Minnesota, who we liked as a sleeper, uh, only has played in two games or, well, he's only started in two games. He technically played in the other ones, but got very little work. Two weeks ago, six targets, four catches, 61 yards. Last week, he caught a touchdown from Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Uh, it's really tough because you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. <laughs> There's not much room for him to do anything on this team. But in two and or three Gronk, years, apparently, yes, true, the resurgent Gronk. But in two or three years, <laughs> that's probably one of those guys at least is going to be gone. And I think that Tyler Johnson has a very good chance to be a contributor. So I like him. I'm going to not take him. I'm going to technically take a different guy with my pick because he's another my guy, and I just want it to happen for this draft, and it's Jalen Hurts. Um, Why? Listen, listen. You guys remember how excited I was about Jalen Hurts coming into the season, oh, coming into the draft. The prospect. Yeah. We hoped he would go to the Patriots. Then they signed Cam Newton, and my, oh, my hopes were dashed. And the Eagles win draft to Jalen Hurts, and my hopes were dashed even worser. Because he's stuck behind Carson Wentz. Now, fortunately, the good thing is Carson Wentz sucks. So maybe he'll just take over. <laughs> just kidding. That's not really going to happen. But I think he has a future in fantasy for sure. I think he's going to get a job. Maybe it's going to be just as a taste of Hill because that's what they're doing with him right now. I sure hope that's not the case. At the 212, I'm willing to take the risk that he is going to get a job at some point. I really like him as a prospect and love him as a fantasy prospect. So if he gets a crack anywhere, I think he's going to be startable. For anyone who forgets, this man will rush as well as Kyler Murray does if and when he gets a job. So, yes, please. Maybe won't pass as well. Definitely won't pass as well. Kyler's almost once in a lifetime. But I hope Oh, that... stop. He's not that good. He's no, freaking no, no, good. No, no, no. No, no, no. 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 We got to close it out there. He's, he's a better passer than Michael Vick, and those are the only guy, two guys who can challenge him as a rusher. So that sounds like once in a lifetime to me. I'm no, not saying you said a as a, you said as a passer. No, 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 no. As a t- overall talent, he's not even that. Yeah, Okada, you're off your rocker. We're gonna close it he's out. He's good. There. We uh, like him. He, he's very good. It, it, listeners, please do not tag Michelle and Kate on Twitter. To let them know no, that Zach that. Moss went drafted. Nope. Don't say it. For the record, for the record, yeah. just because it has to be said, I wouldn't take him in the third either. I want Woo! no Zach Moss. None. Not a zip. Zilch. Can I say if I was on the clock at 3.01, I would take him. That's where I I'm think at. That was, uh, yeah, uh, he's on my list. He's on my short list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The third round? Come on, dude. <laughs> All right, what a show, boys! That was fun. We started with Okada having chopsticks up his nostrils, and we finished we with a great. And we, and we finished with Okada telling us that Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback to ever enter the NFL. So, Chuck. what a show it was <laughs> here on the show today! Uh, please, please do us a favor: subscribe on YouTube so you can see Okada doing the weirdest stuff he always does. Uh, if you like what you're seeing and hearing. Like the video, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it a ton. 
And if you want more of us, which I don't know why you wouldn't, patreon.com slash ballboss is the place for that. We are back next week. Until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.